Hi, everyone. This is Coach Fab for Casinos USA podcast. And welcome to our 143rd episode, Inflation and Gambling, on this November 17th, 2022. And as you can hear, our digital audience is back here with us in the studio. Uh, thanks for coming, everyone. And we have a great show for you today, so let's get started. We'll be right back after this short break. Well, let's begin with this. The third quarter financially has just ended, and according to the American Gaming Association, which is the trade organization for the entire casino industry, the <laughs> casinos in America had their best quarter ever, bringing in $15 billion from gamblers, as I said, in the third quarter of the year. $15 billion best quarter ever. Doesn't sound like inflation is much of a problem. The six largest markets with casinos were Indiana, Michigan, Nevada, New York, and Pennsylvania. And, you know, <laughs> business challenges remain, of course, but somehow, despite the industry's issues with inflation, and their costs have risen too, they continue to make record amounts of money. And I often turn to David Swartz. He's a gambling historian at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV. And he's saying people clearly are still willing to lay their money down at casinos. He says, I think it speaks to the continuing appeal of gambling. And there, there might even be more appetite for it now in these uncertain times. Yeah. And he also pointed to the Powerball jackpot setting records when it got over two, $2 billion dollars. You know, everybody has that dream. <laughs> as elusive as dreams can be with gambling, everybody has that dream of hitting it big. In general, in the third quarter, the U.S. economy was, the growth rate was 2.6%. And in the third quarter for the casino industry, it was 8.8% outperforming the general U.S. economy. How about that? And land-based slots and table games, not uh, from casino apps, land-based slots and table games are still the foundation for the gaming industry's revenue growth, generating a record $12.27 billion in the third quarter. And that was an increase of 1.8% from the same period a year ago. Well, I'm thinking about sports betting, and it also set a quarterly revenue record of $1.68 billion and that was up 81% from a year ago. And I think that's probably because of the betting apps that are now in the states where gambling is legally online. It's legal to bet online. You know, before this report came out, you know, there were some of us, I might have been one of them, saying that, you know, if people stop going to casino resorts, to casinos in general, because their costs are, you know, are up for gasoline, for heating, for food, you know, for recreation, for their families, for clothes. I mean, you pick an area and costs are up. This is not a political statement. This is just a fact. I mean, things cost more than they used to um, not that long ago. But despite that, that there's been a tremendous growth, <laughs> almost a 9% increase in casino profits. And that's something to think about. Um, I haven't stopped my gambling. 
maybe you haven't either. Um, I'm not throwing away money, you know, foolishly. I'm thinking about what I'm doing. I, I bet football games on the college level in the NFL. Um, getting my feet wet with a little hockey as the season opens. I follow two teams, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I bet baseball a little bit before the World Series. Houston Astros took it all. But I've been playing some online craps. Um, it's very inexpensive to play online craps with 50-cent bet minimums. But, but you know, nonetheless, I'm, I'm still gambling, and I'm assuming you are too. Now, I anticipated this, and a lot of the Vegas pundits anticipated this. They thought that the recession, or if you wanna, don't want to say recession, you want to say just inflation, would make it so that casinos needed to attract people, and consequently they would come across with more comps. And they might be coming across for more comps, but it has nothing to do with the fact that they have to attract people because Vegas and Atlantic City, they're booming. <laughs> so, I, is it our nature as human beings that we enjoy gambling? Is that it? You know? Uh, maybe you know more than I do, but I don't know how else to explain it. You know, it's just logical if there were all these rising costs around us that the one thing we can cut back or do without is casino gambling. And that's not the case. So for whatever reason, I think we can say very openly and honestly that inflation is not having a negative effect on gambling. In fact, as a historian from UNLV points out, it might be helping. You know, people were just saying, I need the money, I gotta win. I gotta win some money. I don't know if that's the case, but how else can you explain it? Okay, we'll come back. We're going to talk about using your comps. We'll be back after a very short break. You get comps, I get comps. Anybody that has a player's card and goes to a casino, they get comps, right? <laughs> I just watched uh, a video of a, a man who wanted to find out how soon it would be at the resorts world that he would get a free drink if he was playing a slot machine. And he put $100 in and he had a timer and he was like saying, well, it turned out that he went through $300. He actually was up a little bit at one point or two points, but uh, he kept playing for the sake of the video. And he put in $300 and that was 90 minutes of play. And not once did a waitress stop and ask him if he wanted a drink. And you have to say to yourself, you could probably bought a lot of nice cocktails for $300. But let's talk about comps that you get by email or, you know, by a, a brochure that's sent to you. Or if you have players' cards, you have an app and they're on your app. And this isn't that uncommon. I, I get these kind of comps all the time from a number of casino hotel resorts. I'm talking about Sunday through Thursday, free rooms or very inexpensive rooms. Okay, so I have um, five days that I can go, Sunday through Thursday, and I have two casinos that are giving me 
three free nights. Oh, that's common, right? Three free nights. They might ask you to pay the resort fee, and you know, of course you'd pay taxes. Well, they may, they may not. It depends on how much you gamble or how much you spend or how much you use their credit card. But, you know, you want to use these comps. So how do you do it? How do you take advantage of that? Well, let's say I'm staying at the Rising Sun in southern Indiana. It's a riverboat casino hotel. I like it. It's friendly. But uh, down the road, you know, it's eight, nine miles on the river road. <laughs> Sounds like a song. But it's not. Is the Belterra. It's also very nice. All right, well, how do I use these three free nights? I, you know, I'm only going to stay five. Well, here's what I like to do. I like to stay at the Rising Sun two nights, but I book three. Now, remember, I'm, I'm not paying for it. I like to stay at the Belterra the final three nights. So I'm two nights at the Rising Sun, but I booked a third night because they gave it to me, and I'm staying three nights at the Belterra, and those are comped as well. Now, why did I do that? It's because the Belterra won't check me in. Check-in time's four o'clock. They probably won't check me in to three. They're pretty much stand by that. Um, Check-out time at the Rising Sun, 11. So 12, one, two, <laughs> three. That's five hours. So. What's the scoop here? Well, by using that third night at the Rising Sun, which I'm not paying for, I'm going to leave there maybe at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm not paying extra money you know, for an extended stay. You know how you call and say, oh, we'll give you another hour, but uh, if it's more than an hour, it's $40 charge. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so think about it. I also did this in Las Vegas, the same situation exactly, okay? I'm, I'm staying at the Luxor, I have four nights comped, and then I wanna go to um, Harris, and I have three nights comped. Well, I take four nights at the Luxor, but I only stay three, and then the afternoon that we check in to the Luxor, excuse me, the afternoon that we leave the Luxor, is that free at free day? I, I don't have to call the desk and ask for more time. I don't, you know, because Harris is not going to let me in early. That's for sure. They're pretty strict about it. So I'm covered. I'm not paying. I hope I hope this is making sense. You use that crossover day, which was free comp day, to stay in your hotel, have breakfast, have a leisurely breakfast, um, play, swim whatever you want to do, because you don't have to check out at 11 or 12. You don't have to check out at all. You're covered to stay the whole day. You know, if you're having fun, you can check in at Harris at 5 o'clock or 5.30. It doesn't matter, you know. You're covered at the Luxor, so, you know, we're using our comps, and that's the point. We're not wasting them. We're using them. So think about that. I know I'm not the only one that does this. There are lots of people and we've done it we've done it where we actually were booked at two places and stayed at two places this way um we had a, a deal at the cosmopolitan i want a lot of money there so they're always sending you you know man but i it's you know it's, it's a place i don't want to stay 
you know, for four days or three days, you know, two days at Cosmos, good for me. Um, it's expensive place to eat. It's expensive. It's an expensive place to play to gamble, but I like it there. I love it, but I'm not going to stay four or five days at it. So I had, um, two nights for $15. That's it. $15 a night. That's what they charge. I swear. I swear. This is an honest deal. No other tax, nothing. I had to spend $15 a night. I was also comped the entire week at Treasure Island. So, so we took the two nights at the Cosmo. We were still booked at Treasure Island. So all we spent was on an Uber to go, to go from the Treasure Island to, to the Cosmo. And then, you know, check out that second, after that second night and go back to Treasure Island. I think we left a, a note in our room for the cleaning staff. Um, visiting friends be back in two days, room's fine, something like that at Treasure Island. But so we use our comps, and that's the point. I want to uh, close out today by talking about something that's very important. I'm going to talk about slot machine mistakes. I want to talk about just mistakes you can make in general playing craps or any other table game. So let me do that. Let me ring a bell, make some noise, and we'll come right back for that. Just an old tired fog <laughs> whistle on the Allegheny River. Okay, so slot machine mistakes. And let's just say they're not written in the order of importance, but they're things that Janie and I think are very important. They're all very important. And the first one is not reading the rules of the game before you start to play. Constantly playing until all your money is lost, even though you were often ahead. <laughs> That's the hardest thing to do, I think, sometimes in gambling. To quit when you're ahead. Also, not understanding how much you have to play to be eligible for the jackpot up above you on the machine. Like, for example, maybe you're betting 60 cents a spin and to be eligible to make that big will on top move it has to be a buck and a half i'm not saying to sit down and go a buck and a half buck and a half buck and a half for a half an hour but just be aware when you're not going a buck and a half it depends on the machine you know that's why you have to read the rules that you might not be eligible for the big jackpot so that might be important for you how long do you want to stay at a cold machine yeah you can say it doesn't matter it's all random but, you know, if you just say, this thing is ice cold, well, maybe you should get up and move around. I think the slower you play, the better off you are. And so many people just play too fast, like it's a slot tournament where you have to play fast. No, you know, calm down. You know, just relax. Go slow. It uh, doesn't change anything. It just saved you some money, right? <laughs> okay. So those are just common slot mistakes that people make. I think at craps tables, and that's where I spend most of my time in a casino, just giving the dealer, I've seen this happen repeatedly, someone will come to the table and say, I don't know how to play, but here's $500 and I just need some help while I play. You know, I'm not saying the dealers are going to cheat you, but don't go in for that kind of money if you don't know how to play. I mean, you can learn how to play online, YouTube, listen to our videos, we talk about craps talk a lot, okay? So if you don't know how to play, I don't think you'd do it by giving someone $500 and 
getting the chips and start to play. It's just, there's no reason to do it that way. There's just no reason to do it that way. In speaking about trying to get chips, you have to wait till there's a pause in the game or a new game before you give the uh, dealers your money so that they can give you chips. And the worst thing to do is to try to cash into a game when the dice are in the hands of a shooter. All right? Sometimes people fight a streak because they only bet one way. They keep betting that way no matter what. And uh, I'm totally opposed to that. You know, don't play a system because it's the only system you play. Learn how to adjust to another system. And the craps, of course, you can go hybrid. You can play don't pass and still make uh, place bets. Uh, you can hedge bet. There's a lot of things you can do in craps. You know, just don't play one system. There are some bets, the field bets, an example, where you pick up your winnings. So forgetting to pick up your bets means you're betting double on the next one. I've done that sometimes, and, you know, sometimes I've won that increased bet that I increased without my knowledge, and sometimes I've lost too. If you play the pass line or the don't pass line, take odds mathematically. It's a very sound way to play craps. And... Playing craps, playing table games of any kind, playing slot machines, coming to a, to a casino, it all comes down to this. Don't bring money you can't afford to lose because you heard the conversation today about record profits for casinos. Well, listen, it's likely you'll lose, I'll lose. We don't always lose, but it's likely we will lose at times. So don't play with money you cannot afford to lose. And finally, I'm going to talk about something that, and again, it's not meant to be insulting, but rather it's meant to be helpful. You can certainly do research about hotels and about rooms and read over um, their websites, online information carefully. You know, there are some hotels, let me think of one right off bat is Bally's. There's a refrigerator in every room. So there's a fridge in every room. So when you Look, even so, look at it uh, before you book it. And uh, it, it says fridge, you know, <laughs> it's there. Take a picture of it, you know, <laughs> snap your snap your screenshot, save it. You know, all the things it tells you you're going to have. Because once you get there, if you didn't take care of this, I need a refrigerator. Okay, well, we'll bring one up. It's $25 a day. Well, I thought the room would have one. Well, maybe you thought that, but we never said that in any material that we'd have a refrigerator in a room. So is it worth $25 a day? You might have to have a refrigerator, and, and maybe for your enjoyment it might be worth it. But why would you pay for that when you can get those things straightened out? For example, maybe the resort room that you wanted for less than $25 more a day, you can be moved up to an elite type of room that's, that's really just $20 a day more. It's a nicer room, it's a bigger room, and it has a built-in refrigerator and probably a coffee bar. So th these are things, remember these things. Learn about the hotel where you're staying and planning to stay. Do some research, go online, go onto their, their websites. You know, if you have a Caesars card or MGM card, etc. Go on, you know, go through them and look and see what the difference between staying at 
Mandalay Bay and staying at the Luxor. What's the difference between staying in Park MGM and uh, and staying at the Cosmopolitan? You know, find those things out. And remember, you, if if you're going to be there five days, like I said, you can certainly move one time in five days. You don't have to stay in one place. But I need a fri- refrigerator in a room because of insulin. You need to keep it cold. And you know, so I've learned long ago that's the first thing I have to do is. You know, you can't you can't be in Las Vegas or uh, anywhere else where the temperature's over 85 degrees, and you can't store your insulin. You know, it's it, it you can't do it. So uh, you you need to take care of those kind of things. And a lot of times with the refrigerator, it's it's uh, it's just convenience. And now you're going to say, well, some refrigerators. They have a refrigerator, but it's filled with pop and booze and candy, and if you touch anything, you're going to end up paying for it. Well, again, there's rooms that also have a space in the refrigerator, and you can get that clarified before you book. That goes back to the point of this discussion. You know, make it clear before you book that you need a refrigerator. There is something now that some of the hotels are doing, if it's a medical reason, they're giving you very small refrigerators. I mean, it's about the size of a large dictionary that you plug in and you can keep medicines in. But you might want a, uh, you know, a, a typical refrigerator, not one of those. And so, you know, you go through the materials that you see and make sure it's built in. You also might want a safe. I'm not staying at a, at a Vegas hotel or any hotel without a refrigerator, a coffee service, and a safe. I'm just not doing it. I won't go. I'll go somewhere else, you know? Now, in Vegas, I have all kinds of choices. So I have to pay a little more to get the things that I want. I'm going to. Because, you know, why would you drive to Vegas, fly to Vegas, <laughs> take a train to Vegas, bus to Vegas, if you can't have a vacation where you're comfortable, you know, that you don't feel like you're being cheated? Because, you know, planning where you're going to eat most days, too, you know. There are very inexpensive places to eat in Vegas that have good food. Some of these are local casinos some of these aren't casinos but they're just restaurants and they are very expensive places it's it's not unusual to go to a starbucks in a hotel and get uh two coffees and um two muffins and have an 18 19 20 bill (laughs) and you're saying like what the hell i didn't even have breakfast yet and i got 20 bucks involved in this thing you know this is just like wake up coffee so those are kind of things you can plan for and uh it's a it's a lot better than going there and being disappointed and arguing about it with your special someone that you're sharing this vacation with. So take my advice, take Janie's advice, and get all these things worked out beforehand. Well, we'll be going down to uh, Maryland Live for Thanksgiving and visiting family uh, nearby Maryland Live. So we'll let you know how that goes. Um, we probably won't be giving uh, our next podcast our 144th one until the magical month of December <laughs> but uh, or late November we'll see how that goes but we are thinking of you we hope that you and yours have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday it's such an American holiday um, have fun enjoy it whether it's turkey or not <laughs> okay just enjoy it um, the best to you and all your family. Thanks for listening. Casinos USA still is and always will be that place where every day is Saturday. See you soon. Happy Thanksgiving. 
Saturday.